Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Twenty nineteen is nature's one hundred and fiftieth birthday. To mark this anniversary, Nature is publishing a series of reviews that take a look at the past, present, and future of science. The review I'm looking at today is about the field of epigenetics. So to start, I should probably tell you exactly what that is. Epigenetics is well, it's actually quite hard to define. This is something which has been debated for decades, in fact. Epigenetics is a word that's been used and abused, in my opinion. This is Giacomo Cavalli and Edith Hurd. They're epigeneticists and the authors of the review paper. To help us better understand what exactly epigenetics is, it's worth pausing to consider the history. It starts in the 1940s. It's 1942, and biologist Conrad Waddington first coins the term epigenetics. He wants to unite the two fields of development and genetics. His definition was to try and link genotype to phenotype and try to understand how, through development, one builds up a complex organism, but based on the hereditary material. So how to to bring in the concept of the genes to actually explain how you go from simplicity to complexity during embryogenesis. Waddington was trying to understand how, given that all cells have the same genetic code, they're able to become different tissues in the body. After Waddington, there were tweaks to how the term epigenetics was used, but the next big step was in the 1980s. This was when DNA methylation, the addition of methyl groups to the chemical structure of DNA, was discovered to be involved. Scientists, so in particular Robin Holliday and Art Riggs, came up with a hypothesis of cellular memory that would be based on DNA methylation. And this again was to try and describe how once a cell has taken on an identity, how does it maintain that identity through cell divisions, how does it not, you know, change its mind? And they actually used the word epigenetics to to describe this phenomenon. So they added this concept of memory to the notion of epigenetics. The idea was that using DNA methylation, cells could remember what type of cell they should be, which genes should be on and which should be off in that cell type. What's happened more recently is that epigenetics is now used to describe anything that goes beyond DNA. 
so when you read the papers or the newspapers, you can talk about or read about epigenetics as being beyond genetics, beyond DNA, and anything that links gene expression to the environment. So it's become a very sort of vast area based on the different definitions that have been given. But when you talk to a scientist like myself, I have a more narrow definition. So my definition of epigenetics was any change that affects gene expression and that can be heritable through cell divisions and yet can be reversible and doesn't change the DNA sequence. For now at least... Epigenetics refers to everything that affects how genes are regulated and which can be passed on from cell to cell. So how does it work? Well, as Edith suggested, it's quite a broad field, so the answer is that it works in a whole variety of ways. One common mechanism is by changing how DNA is packaged. Usually, DNA in the nucleus is packaged up with proteins called histones, the number and structure of these histones can influence whether a particular gene gets turned on or off. Another way is through the binding of transcription factors. These are proteins that bind to DNA to promote gene activation. But it's not just about changing which genes are on or off. A key element is that these mechanisms are all heritable. They get passed on through cell divisions. This might be surprising, You'd think when DNA is replicated by being unwound and fed through enzymes, everything would be stripped away and reset. But it appears that a lot of DNA modifications are maintained and duplicated. How isn't exactly clear. Epigeneticists are just starting to get a grasp, but it's likely there are multiple mechanisms. Here's Giacomo to explain. One possibility is that DNA binding factors that are responsible for a given state will themselves always stay bound. And in some cases, it has been shown that some transcription factors can stay there, and actually that has been called bookmarking. Okay, So even if a, a given transcription factor is not transcribing during mitosis, it stays bound there, and then as soon as the cell cycle restarts, it will restart transcription. Another way that DNA changes get passed down is through histones, which have their own epigenetic alterations that they can carry through cell division. Once the DNA has been replicated, these histone alteration marks will allow different factors that promote or suppress the activity of genes to bind back, like they were in the old cell. So there are several mechanisms, and actually epigenetics is about this, is the possibility of having several mechanisms that frequently cooperate to obtain a very stable state that can be maintained. But whilst these epigenetic states are stable and pass through cell generations, another characteristic of epigenetics is that the states are also reversible. So epigenetics components are actually very interesting in that respect because they can maintain stability, but at the same time they are receptive to what's happening around. So if you have an environmental change or if you have a stress or if you have a conflicting signal, they can interpret this signal and then change the state. So epigenetic markers are responsive to the environment. That may be very useful for an organism adapting to a new situation, but the responses are quite narrow. Certain epigenetic markers will only respond to certain signals, say a change in temperature or a specific chemical. Now, that's important to emphasise because epigenetics has had a reasonable amount of hype around it. And one of the reasons has been this idea that things in your environment can affect how your genes are regulated. Whilst that is true, 
you can't exactly change your epigenetic profile by standing out in the cold or eating a salad once in a while. It's the same like when people say DNA is the book of life. And so what we are depends on DNA. And once we will be able to read the DNA sequence well, then uh, I will tell you who you are. This is certainly like an exaggerated statement. At the same time, when you say that thanks to epigenetics, we are free and we can decide who we'll become. And, you know, depending on the diet, on the lifestyle, we can be super healthy and nothing can happen because of epigenetics. That's also exaggerated. The other thing that's contributed to some of the hype around epigenetics is that in some cases it appears that the markers may not only go from cell to cell, but also between parents and offspring. This has led to some people suggesting that what happens to you may affect your grandchildren. This transgenerational inheritance has been proposed in some organisms, including lab favourites like Arabidopsis, C. elegans and Drosophila, but it's not well understood. It's often hard to prove that any given effect across generations is down to epigenetics and not changes in the DNA itself. Here's Edith again. Particularly in in mammals and in humans, there was a period where a lot of so-called epimutations were proposed to be transmitted from one generation to the next or to be induced in one generation and transmitted to the next. And in fact, until you've really looked at the genome and Defined that there hasn't been a genetic change, I think it's very preliminary and very dangerous. And in fact, in mammals, there probably isn't that much that can be transmitted. There's a reprogramming, as we put it, a tabula rasa that happens in the germline to remove the epigenetic memory, the baggage of our past, and means that our genomes can come into a, a new generation to the fertilized egg without that baggage. But that's not to say nothing is transmitted transgenerationally. There are a few sequences in the genome that probably can carry some epigenetic memory, even across generations. And those are what we call repetitive elements. Some of them, the youngest ones, the most mobile of them, might somehow avoid the reprogramming that we see in the germline and carry some of their epigenetic suppression right through into the next generation. So we think even in mammals, there is some degree of epigenetic memory. Even then, it's probably a stretch to say what we do in our lifetimes may affect our children's or our grandchildren's gene expression. Both Edith and Giacomo caution against such interpretations. Instead, they're excited about the role that epigenetics has been shown to play, especially in disease. In diseases like cancer... Epigenetic modifiers really matter. For me, That this was a real eye-opener. When you look at cancer genomes, many of the genes that have been found now to be disrupted and to potentially affect cancer, even drive tumorigenesis, are epigenetic modifiers. Looking forward, both Edith and Giacomo are excited about the future of epigenetic research. Epigenetics appears to be involved in ageing, metabolism and a range of diseases. We're also starting to get a better idea of what the role of the environment is in epigenetics. But there's still a lot we don't know. We know relatively little in terms of real life. Okay, So how much of a phenotype of an organism really depends on the sequence of DNA versus epigenetics. So I think it is a very exciting time ahead.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.